Hi everybody, welcome along to episode 14 of the What Do We Know podcast with myself, Mystic J, and with me is Rob. No, I'm not having that. Mystic J, you can fuck off. <laughs> it's there, we said we're going to do it from now on, so <laughs> that's it. Um, so yeah, there's a serious uh, mixed bag of games this week, really. Uh, some shite games, some great games, and a few shocks, um, and the title race itself was on and off about 10 times between the hours of 3 o'clock and half 7 on Saturday. Yeah, look, I said earlier on in the season as well, so we can probably call us both Mystic. I said, can we call a season now? But I'm Mystic in the fucking wrong way. Tot City were running away with us. They're not. Oh, it's been pulled right we, back we, now. We both did. Um, I know I know the, the name of the podcast is What Do We Know? And we say we don't claim to be experts, but maybe we should change the, the name to actually... We know nothing. Yeah. <laughs> because we were be writing it away. off a couple of weeks ago and it looks like it's it's well and truly back on anyway. And we were lauding Chelsea earlier in the season as well, so Yeah, yeah. So look, that just shows how quick it can change. Three three episodes ago we asked if City were gone. Now we're as we'll explain in the next few minutes, it's they're definitely not out of sight. No, still obviously a lot a lot of football to be played. City obviously still have the advantage, but Liverpool are definitely in with a shout now. Six points behind with a game in hand, and then obviously they play each other soon enough as well. So, so it's um yeah. Look, as the chasing pack, Liverpool are are doing exactly what they have to do. They're they're winning games. They're not dropping many points, um, especially not against the lower sides. Even though they had a bit of a scare this weekend, but. They're definitely keeping on the heels of 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 City, and as Pep has said, Liverpool are a pain in his ass the last couple of years. Yeah, they're yeah. always there, thereabouts. Yeah, no, as you said, they have to keep. All they can do is win their games and and hope first first that City drop points, which is what happened this exactly, weekend. Yeah. Obviously, Liverpool are playing first sometimes can give you that bit of an advantage. So they obviously won three one before City played, so. As we know, City then losing three two to Spurs, but but sometimes it can give you the advantage when you play first. But then you touched on it there last week. I, I think it was that uh, when we were talking about the title race again, you were saying Liverpool are kind of scraping past games and and just winning, and City are winning them ridiculously comfortably, which which is true. Yeah. And it was although Liverpool won three one, it was it wasn't that comfortable at all for them. So. No, I know it's a sign not. of good, a sign of a good team to win when you're not playing well. But if you keep playing badly, the the results will catch up on you. So I think Liverpool, if they do want a chance, they're going to have to turn the turn the form around a bit, though. Yeah, look, a trait of teams that were that won leagues when we were growing up the the Uniteds, the Arsenal's, the I suppose to to an extent the Chelsea's was not necessarily blowing teams away left, right, and centre, but pulling a 1-0 win out of a nil-all draw and after yeah. 70, 80 minutes. That's the type of thing you need to be doing. And while City, as we said, were blowing teams out of the water, Liverpool are still quietly going about their business and just nicking the wins that they need to keep the t- the, the points ticking over on the table. Yeah. But City were yeah. were not uh, not at the races this weekend at all. I'd, I'd slightly disagree with that. I thought City were... were, were, were the better team. They just Spurs doing what you have to do against City and you have to take your chances. Yeah, um, I, I, now I'm not I, saying look, City were brilliant, but no. I, I think City were the better team and when 
they got it to 2-all and you're obviously thinking to City are going to go on and win this now. You weren't expecting Spurs to get the late equaliser or the late winner. I think if City did win it, I don't think you'd be saying it was it was against the run of play. They, no, they were, they they were on a par, but City's top level is not on a par with Spurs' top level. They're miles ahead. They were on a par at the weekend, which means Spurs brought City back down to their level yeah. City were suspect at the back they didn't look as composed as they usually do they didn't look as settled and strong as, as they usually do at the back just playing the ball out they they put themselves in trouble which we said about other teams way lower down the table a couple of times in the last couple of weeks and just weren't as City as City usually are I suppose Yeah. well no I do agree with that they, they weren't as good as they have been and, and what they can be but I still think they actually did enough to win the game but so did Spurs I don't think you can also disagree that Spurs deserved to get the win, but I just don't think it was completely like you were saying, City completely not at the races today. Um, again, maybe because we have such high standards of them when they play slightly really? below that. Yeah, yeah we, we we think um, they're, they've been terrible when really they, they still dominate the whole game. Well, look, did a wake-up call after four minutes. And and yeah, yeah. You know, that's... that's Possibly well, something that's it. not something we see with 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 City doing an awful lot. Yeah. But they dominated the whole first half then, um, and went in one all at half time. Look at Liverpool as well. Norwich went were, were very poor. Liverpool were poor. I mean, and Norwich got that one 0 lead, and that woke Liverpool up. Sometimes you yeah. do need that. Um, but obviously Liverpool woke up and went on to win it. City didn't. But yeah, look. <laughs> Gundogan scoring just before half, well, could before half time. Then Kane coming out with a goal, a disallowed goal, and then basically the winner after Mares's cracker of a penno. What a penno! Sp- Sp- <laughs> You're not saving them, like, but Spurs 90, just what, had that second little... minute of the game or something. Yeah. Sorry, just not or and like to bury it in the top corner like that, <laughs> like that yeah. was some penno. And then I think City switched off for Kane's winner. Just not necessarily yeah, a free was, header, but a very soft attempt to tackle no, him in well, the air. No, it was soft. I know as well. Kane headed it kind of back when it went back across to face the goal, and Ederson was probably a bit wrong footed, maybe wrong footed. Yeah, well, I thought he could have been better as well. Of the keeper, his quality there wasn't a lot of pace in the header, but maybe being too too critical. But but yeah, as I said, you definitely thought it was going to be City going to get on to get the winner. I think there was seven minutes uh, seven minutes stoppage time. Yeah. Um, so you're like, oh, City are going to do this. No one was expecting Spurs. Like, so. Yeah, look, you, you might have had a point there. We're, we're too used to City's incredibly high standards that when they're drawn back down to this, the ability of an above average team, you're going, what's happening here? City just didn't, to me, City didn't look like City. And that's not to say they weren't still a, a class operation. It was just to say they were way below their best and way below yeah. what we've been seeing of them in the last couple of weeks. And Spurs can do that. They're, they're that type of team as well, aren't they? Spurs? Especially under Conte. That Jose yeah, Conte kind so of defensive mind is... Yeah. yeah. You know, and they, they, they can show up and then they'll go lose their next game or, or whatever. But, but yeah, they were doing well, in fairness. Yeah. Big win for them as well after dropping a few points recently in, in the race for the top four. So, great win for them. Great win for Liverpool. Yeah, and in in the same breath, you can say poor El Norwich and Norwich were lucky to even score that with the with the distance of that deflection. Yeah, true enough. Which <laughs> is goal, um, complete opposite corners. Allison had no yeah. chance. 
no, there was nothing he could have done about that. Uh, but like I said, that did wake them up. Then Mane, Mane Salah and Diaz getting a, his first goal in the league. Um, I think that's only his third or fourth game as well, which is like yeah, for he's a winger. Well. Yeah, great run. Mane's goal was was good. Um, Salah Salah's goal was a good goal. Like Alice, Allison gets the assist. Yeah, great, great pass by Allison. Oh, he turned the defense hands. inside out. Yeah, like now it was too easy. Norwich shouldn't have been caught out like that, but still, yeah. Salah plucks it out of the sky beautifully. Does a little dummy shot, puts the keeper on the ground, but then he, his his pass, he, like he passes into net on yeah. his bad foot. We know he's not the the strongest on his right side, but the two defenders there stood were, wrong foot. St- yeah, like yeah. it's just how it, it was. That part was just too easy. And he scuffs the shot with his right foot and it just rolls in. If that was the, a the pass from Salah to anyone else, you'd be going, would you fucking hit it? Like, never mind that it went yeah, in. Yeah, never mind the shot. Yeah, or like, so. Yeah. But yeah, it was definitely and, game over then at that yeah. stage. But. And then Diaz just put the, the icing on the cake. But a good stat there, I think. I think it was 34 passes in the lead up to Diaz's goal. Crack and run from him in from the right-hand side to get onto it. But I think that's the most passes in the lead up to a goal, consecutive passes in the lead up to a goal in the, in the league this season. So, nice. look, Liverpool might have started slowly. Well, they had that Simicas effort very early on that he probably should have scored. Um, but Norwich had Puki just off target and then Rashid's goal with the big deflection. So, look, Norwich came up against a, a beast way beyond their abilities at the minute. But they're, I think they're trending in the right direction. I don't know if they'll get out of the relegation zone, but they'll be a hard team to beat in the championship if they don't if they don't stay up. Yeah, there well there are a few of them, uh, Fulham being another um can't think of who else off the top of my head, but they're yo yo clubs. Watford is one of them as well. Yo yo clubs, they just keep going up and down. You would rather a, a, a different team get up because it's the same thing. Get up, get relegated. A season or two in the championship, get up again, get relegated. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's make enough money so. to go back down to be able to buy players that the championship players can't the championship teams can't deal yeah. with to go back up to be not be able to afford their contracts to go back down <laughs> exactly yeah so um they, I, I could i don't really care for them clubs to be honest it just gets a bit annoying it's just the same cycle like you know it's good to see obviously a few now have broke through the likes of Brentford um, got up Wolves as well who got up a few years ago and obviously flying now so flying now yeah yeah so you want to you want to see more of that happening yeah look the, I think the financials has a lot to do with that the, the top teams yeah. now look we can't really judge Newcastle on that just yet who will be probably very close to being another yo-yo team but are now the richest club in the world until next season when they like they spent I think close to 100 million in the in the January window they'll probably spend a lot more how they yeah. end up uh, passing that off for financial fair play or whatever, we'll have to wait and see. But there's an awful lot of money going to be going into Newcastle in the next couple of years. So they're yeah, they're another so. club to kind of might find their way out of uh, the, the, the yo-yo club. But the, you'd rather see the likes of the way Wolves have done it. Hopefully how Leeds, if they stay up, will have done it. You just put a squad together that's better than the championship, just too good to go down. And yeah. you keep yourself up. Let's see what happens. We uh, started that conversation off about the title race and we've ended it with relegation battles and promotions. But sure, look, if I was to ask you the question now, who wins the league? Who are you saying? Oh, Jesus, that's a question now. <laughs> I still think City. Yeah. 
I still think City, but like we said a couple of probably a couple of episodes ago, it's around now that injuries and the cold weather and stuff starts causing problems for for teams, and you're looking at it going, this is where they drop points, and then at the end February, end of February, March, kind of time, they'll come back into form and they'll be they'll be flying. Like yeah. I think what was it, a couple of weeks ago, City were eleven points ahead. And like now that, they're yeah. and now they're six with Liverpool at a game in hand. So yeah, the, 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 there was a few extra games in hand at that stage yeah. as well. But City also have dropped points in the yeah. The, the league turns there. around very quickly. Like and right. and like we've been saying, you're not going to get a clear representation of what's going on until everyone's up to nearer around yeah. the same games played. One like I, I'd be the same as yourself. I I still think City. Will do it. One one thing I think that that'll be going in their favor is obviously Liverpool will play midweek. They play Leeds. You'll expect them to win that, so the the gap will be three points. But then Liverpool play in the League Cup final, so there's going to be next a, week, yeah. yeah. So there's going to be another while City play in the league. So there's, there's going to be another game in hand thrown in there, and City play a lot of the time before Liverpool play. So I remember the what year was it when. City and Liverpool went toe to toe. City ended up winning it, but was it two thousand and nineteen? Was that Rogers or was that Pope? No, was Klopp. that Klopp? That was when er, Com- yeah, so. company scored. Company scored. A oh cracker. yeah, that from that what year. thirty yards. <laughs> yeah, but that year in particular, I remember Liverpool played first. The way it fell, they always seemed to play first, whether it be a Saturday morning, Saturday, and City on the the Sunday. Then City obviously kept answering the question. This time around, with City having the lead, their fixtures at the moment are actually set to be ahead to be played before Liverpool play. So I do think that gives them a slight advantage because they they have the opportunity to get points on the board before Liverpool play a game. You know. Yeah. Look, as we've been saying quite a bit the last while, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. One thing I can't wait for though: in two weeks' time, United play City, and I can't wait for all the Liverpool fans to be United fans for that day. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if we can get someone on for that and do a 60 second summary of that game or even just yeah, come on yeah. to talk about it and we'll see how we'll see how it goes um are you confident about getting a result out of that game oh jesus not at all no <laughs> <laughs> but it's still a derby i suppose and anything can happen but um decent enough record against city in in recent years but now i wouldn't be confident <laughs> yeah look, but like, like i said we'll i'm get... just happy to see liverpool fans Cheer, we'll get to United. United we'll get to United eventually. We might we might move on from the the top two now though, and 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 I think it's my first sixty second summary. Yeah, you are up first. Uh, who have you got? Right. I'm gonna go with West Ham and Newcastle. <clears throat> okay, cool. So whenever you're ready, then off you go. Newcastle came into this game unbeaten in their last three games. With West Ham unbeaten in two. The richest club in world. The richest club in the world are now four points outside the relegation zone and hoping to increase that but without Trippi and St Maximan this weekend they had their work cut out for them, for them against high flying West Ham Newcastle started the better with Joe Linton pulling a save from Fabianski and pinball in the box leading to Willock shooting just over West Ham turned things around later in the half with Bowen hitting the bar and a Cresswell free kick met by Craig Dawson saw West Ham go 1-0 up the lead was cancelled out before the half-time break with indecision in the West Ham defence and a poor clearance by Declan Rice saw Willock manage to steer the ball on target and the teams went in one all at the break. A talking point from the game was how in the first half Craig Dawson complained to the referee that Dan Byrne was meowing at Kurt Zuma. Not a player I think should have been playing so soon after recent investigations 
but it was above my pay grade to make that decision. Second half wasn't much to write home about, and one all was how it ended. Nice. Yeah, there was nothing in the second half, but yeah, the, not a lot the, to talk about in the second half. But uh, no. the the, 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 the cat was incident, <laughs> like you have to laugh at it. Like we were obviously not for one second contoning what. What no, Zuma not, not the incident but, with Zuma, but, but Dan Byrne like, trying to put him off Mio, by that was that, genius. Yeah. Like. That is just, like, top shit really. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's brilliant. Like, no, fair How did you get though. into his head? Just meow at him, it'll be fine. Yeah. There's talk, they're, they're pushing for, um, because of his height and all that, Dan Byrne, to get into the England squad for the for the World Cup. I think just for that shit housery alone, he should be in the squad. <laughs> yeah, because you imagine that, against, against the likes of a Sergio Ramos, who you'll get into his head and you'll get him sent off. Yeah, and yeah. He, he does his homework and finds something out. Like. <laughs> yeah, no, that'd be be good to see. All right, but yeah, so one well, no, good uh, result for Newcastle, and now they've won three and drawn one in their last four. That's good form for a relegation team. And West Ham dropping more points in the the top four race. Yeah, look, I I don't think Newcastle are. are Eddie Howe hasn't played in different class of football than they were before. They're actually competitive. They're a lot better set up at the back. Um, and the players we've mentioned before, Joe Linton, Almiron, Sam Maximan. Now, we know Sam Maximan and Trippier were injured today, or this weekend, sorry, but they're players that are really showing their ability and showing that they're able for this and want to stay up. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Story or the... The new saying in the show now, I think, is see how that goes because yeah, there's so much name, uncertainty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> two two name changes in the one episode. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we'll uh, not much else to talk about on that one. So we'll move on to our next game. We're going to look at it's Arsenal and Brentford. Yeah, sixth plays fourteenth, and players look. It went as as we'd expect. Players that we've mentioned yeah. in the last while have performed again. Smith Rowe, Saka, Odegaard. Just they're, they're quality young players that Arsenal are bringing through. We've said it before. Smith Rowe with a goal just after half time. Saka basically icing the cake. And then Norgard, which we have to mention, his goal in 93rd minute was correctly given by VAR after being ruled offside. So for all the given out we've done about VAR and the rules and stuff like that in the last couple of weeks, VAR has come to the rescue here and put. A bit of a gloss on the Brentford result, but did yeah, what it was the, supposed to do. the only thing is that I'll say on that is they got it right because the rule isn't subjective. It was offside, like yeah, you know they yeah, they, not like the they couldn't one. be getting that one wrong, like yeah. you know. But I ah, was miles onside yeah, as well, so it wasn't yeah, even exactly like it was so. the, the the width of the the mark or whatever, the width of the line yeah. or whatever they're calling it now. Um, but yeah, two so very got, similar goals. I was gonna say two similar goals, two yeah, two very good goals, yeah. Um, Smith Rowe scuffed it a little bit, the, but Saka's was a cracker. Yeah, but, but one, both on the left side, but one yeah. with the right foot cutting in, and then the other one with the left foot just burying it. Like, but, yeah. yeah, two good goals. Uh, as you said, the game went as expected. Arsenal definitely hitting a bit, bit of form, all right. They're now four, four points off fourth, and but they've three games in hand. Yeah. So, as I, I keep saying, no points on the board is probably better, but. But if you they probably are, but hand, you can't discount the, the games in hand either. Like that's a possible no, nine absolutely. points. Chances are, win, it win won't two be of them, you're, you're gonna go for it anyway. Yeah. You know, so yeah, uh, even win one, draw two, you're gonna go for it as well. Actually, yeah. So 
three games, like one game in hand, if they're, you know, four points off at one game in hand is a bit different. Um, but three games in hand is, like you said, you can't write that off. Like. Yeah, and as you said before with City, we're still a long way from the end of the season, so. Yeah. But anyway, we'll move on to your first 60-second summary. I can't remember what one I have here, to be honest. You should just pick one and go for it. You don't need... Yeah, yeah. You, 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 you claim to be that much better, you probably don't even need notes, do you? Yeah, it's all, it's, it's all off the top of my head. You know, but, <laughs> um, we go for Villa and Wofford. Grand. Whenever you're ready. Okay, so Villa face another team in the relegation battle after losing to Newcastle last week. Wofford still no win since beating United in November. Another loss for Wofford is what you'd expect me to be saying. But no, they won. Um... Wofford actually started off very well. Could have been 1-0 up early on when Sarr and Dennis linked up well and Dennis shot produced a good save from Martinez. Villa didn't offer much in the first half. Coutinho had a decent long-range effort, but it went over nil all half-time. Second half was quite similar to the first, and on the 78th minute, Sarr and Dennis link up again. Good cross by Sarr and grey-headed finish by Dennis. If there was going to be another goal in the game, it was most likely going to come from Watford, a deserved win from them. Watford somehow now not dead and buried in the relegation battle and a poor run of form now for Villa after a pretty decent start under Gerrard. Yeah, but I, was, I was going to say something similar. They like A honeymoon period seems to be over with, with Villa now. They made a few good signings, got in a few good players, but after the first few games, they're... they're I didn't think it was a bad performance from Villa. They just had no yeah. end product. Well, that's the thing. Obviously, playing the teams in the relegation battle is always tricky because they're, they're fighting for their lives and stuff. But with the form Villa were in, and you see in their next two games was Newcastle and Watford, they'd have been expecting six points there probably. Or at the very least, four, not not zero. So yeah. definitely a bit of a wake-up call for the... Furthermore, and as you said, like the end of the the end of the honeymoon period. Yeah, we 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 said about Watford with Ranieri that King and Dennis are good going forward. They're impressive. They're 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 not going to be with them if they get relegated. They need to sort out the back, and it looks like they have sorted yeah. something out at the back, which is going to make them competitive now and try and get them out of the the relegation zone. Uh, they have a they have a chance again. We were writing them off a couple of weeks ago, and look at us now. So, what do we know? Yeah, well, look similarly with it, with it, the next team. We're going to move on to we we we'll move on to the Burnley three 0 away win against Brighton, their first away win of the season. And I can't even remember the last time I've ever seen Burnley win a game three 0 Anyway, yeah, whether that be home or away, they just they don't score much. But but we touched on it there when Veghorst made his debut. That he looks yeah. like he he's going to be a handful for defenses and a. It was definitely a handful for Brighton yesterday. Definitely good for yes. a goal as well. And geez, the, the emotion on him when he was running away to yeah, celebrate. Yeah. Now it was a great goal. He 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 could be the difference, as we said, to keep them up. Because they yeah, do like, need some Chris Wood was obviously there for them, but he wasn't the most clinical, I'd say. Um if the if if Velcorse can be a bit more clinical, he'll he'd definitely give them a chance. Yeah, like Watford are four points behind Newcastle. Burnley are one point behind Watford, but with two games in hand. So yeah. there's there's an awful lot of manoeuvring could go on in the next couple of weeks. There's probably four or five teams still in. Anton below, what, 13th? Palace, I suppose, are possibly still in a chance of, of relegation. But 
the way these teams could end up playing now with Burnley winning, Watford winning, if they can put a few results together, it'll blow the relegation get to, uh, the relegation well up, wide open. Like, well, it's it's what what happens in them. Like Newcastle done it. Um, if you can if you can put together a few wins, even if it's two wins and a draw or something like that, a, a run of a, of a few good results, it, it it turns around very quickly. Then, yeah, like yeah, similar you know. top and bottom do the same thing, don't they? Exactly, yeah. Obviously, the top would be more um, more clinical and more predictable. They yeah, they yeah. go on bigger runs, but in, in the in the relegation end, if you can get a few a few results together, yeah. it, it can make a massive difference for you. So, only can build for, on that now. Exactly, a three 0 loss for Brighton as well. A team we've talked up a bit in the last couple of weeks that they set up well, they compete well. They have a few quality players in Lamptey and Mope and a few others. Like they're. They're not a team that you'd expect yeah. the likes of Burnley to be three 0 home or away, no, and even exactly, like being yeah. at home is even worse. Now I know they were without uh, two centre halves, which probably threw things up into yeah. in the air a little bit. But it's still you'd expect the backups to be capable of stepping in. No, that was, that was probably up there with the with the shock of the the weekend result wise. Be up there with the City and Spurs game. So it was definitely and Watford Villa. That's another. Yeah, books, Watford so. Villa. True, as I said at the start, there's a few shocks. So, but but uh, Burnley winning away to Brighton is definitely up there. Yeah. And uh, as we said, Brighton have been, we've been singing their praises and rightly so. They've been very good this season, but but just didn't didn't turn up in that match in particular. Yeah. Well, look, that's kind of it. Weghorst, Brownhill, Lennon, three goals. Sorry, three Lennon. Win for what a goal he got. Yeah. Yeah. Absolute um, peach. Good to see he's still going. Still, still got a lot of pace. He he does for his age and out. But um, you know, great finish right into the top corner. Worthy of putting the game to bed. But yeah, as you said, um, we shall move on then to your sixth, your last sixty second summary. So, what game have you got? I'm going with Palace and Chelsea. Not often we put Chelsea into our sixty second summary, but look. Yeah, I, th- I think you'd be doing well to get it to. 60 seconds out of this one there wasn't a lot happening in this one either there wasn't but I've there's other talking points so we're alright yeah ok well then whenever you're ready off you go Chelsea's first Premier League game back since becoming Club World Championships also saw Cesar Azcolicueta complete his collection of club competition winners medals their opponents however without a win in 5 games were looking to escape their current rut it was Palace who started brighter with Zaha and Elise combining for an effort just off target inside 10 minutes Rudiger and Kante restored normality as Chelsea looked brighter with attempts on target. Rudiger from about 50 yards and Kante after a through ball from Sar, both pulling smart saves from Griata. Elise and Zaha combined again in the first half. Injury time, only for Zaha to push his effort inches wide. Chelsea looked leggy in the second half, which Tuchel alluded to at the end of the game, and no player more so than Romelu Lukaku, who had seven touches total in the game, including tip-off in the first half. But to his credit, another of those seven touches drew a save from Jack Butland, who came out for Gaeta in the 46th minute, which left Ziyech with an open goal and 1-0 was how it ended. Yeah, very good. Um, do you know who had more touches than Lukaku? Who? The ball boy. You're joking. The Chelsea ball boy, yeah. Um, had eight touches and Lukaku had seven. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> that says it all. 
And after Lukaku's little strop a couple of months ago that he wasn't yeah, getting no. what he wanted and doing what he wanted and he gets seven touches in 90 minutes, I wonder if he knew how much he was paid, what we that would break down to per touch per, per touch. week. Jesus. It'd be yeah. an awful lot of money. He probably okay, gets more man. per touch than I get in a year. Yeah, that is madness. I didn't think of that, actually. But, but yeah, there's no... It's not even like a game, say, where the, the top team, like, say, City, even Chelsea being a top team, where... They dominate the game. They dominate the possession, and it was like one of the the other players that barely touched the ball. Like yeah. Chelsea, Chelsea. As much as the game, well, there wasn't a lot happening. At Chelsea, were still they still had a lot of possession. They still had a lot of passes and stuff. So there's no no excuse for Lukaku to have only yeah. seven touches in in the game of football. Like it's like that shocking. Rudiger attempt from fifty yards was outrageous. And it was yeah. on target, drew a save, and then a great true ball from Sarah. But Elise and Zaha played really, really well together. Um, couple of interchangeable moments where one one had a shot on goal and the other made the the true ball or whatever. But they were they were impressive together, and they've they've been talking a lot about your man Elise the last couple of weeks. Um, we've talked about obviously Zaha and Gallagher. Um, I don't think Gallagher was allowed to play today, being a Chelsea player. Yeah. Um, so he was he was a. Uh, Whatever the contract states, he wasn't allowed to play. But Elise and Zaha um, connected well, and if they can add Gallagher to that and get the the finishing on target a little more, they're going to be all, like they're thirteenth. They're probably going to be all right anyway. But um, Chelsea needed that win to stay fingertips on the title race. Yeah, well, there's not yeah fingertips like you say. They, yeah. I think they needed the win more so to be almost guaranteed a Champions League football because if they yeah. lost. That could or be their aim now. Already, they're yeah. getting clawed. They're getting clawed back into the to the race for the top four. Then, or, you know, so yeah. um, the top six or seven between points on the board and games in hand is very close as well at the minute. So yeah, and as we said, a few results can can change. So if Chelsea were to drop points there, and even in the next game, then they're definitely getting clawed back into it. So it was a a massive win for them. Definitely, yeah. So yeah, I think we'll move on from that one. Then to we're gonna have a look then at Wolves against Leicester. Yeah, good game, and I have to say, we've said a couple of times, Wolves don't score and they don't concede. They've made a liar out of us ever since we said that, but <laughs> yeah. they're cracking to watch. They're really, really entertaining to watch, and two players that stood out to me, one on Wolves, one on Leicester, Podence and Tielemans. Like, Tielemans is yeah. only 24. He, he's an uh, absolute cracker of a player. I, I couldn't get it. He Tielemans ran that game is, for, for, for Leicester yeah. today. No, he's tipped to be uh, moving on in the summer to to bigger and better things, all right. But he does; he controls the the game, the tempo, the midfield so well. Um, but as you said, yeah, good game. Wolves obviously winning two one. Now, in fairness, I know you kind of said ever since we said about them scoring and not conceding, or scoring very little and not not conceding. Yeah. We were right for a few weeks because that's what we was happening. But they we were. they have turned it turned it around now. To they are conceding a bit more, but they're also scoring more and winning games. Yeah. So, but they're they're just just a nice team, really. They've just got proper players and all over the pitch. Like you know, obviously a decent striker in Jimenez, but Neves, Mutino in in midfield, Cody at the back. Yeah, uh, the, Sa the and keeper they brought in. Yeah, Sa, yeah like he's. His stats are up there at the best in the league. Clever signings and not players that were on a lot of radars. So just yeah. really good research into into the players and and they they've been well 
stacked in in the yeah. positions they've they've needed. They've improved massively this season, anyway. I'd say this season, yeah, since they yeah. got rid of um, the manager, their last manager, Spirito Santo. The Santos, the one. Um, Nuno. Nuno, yeah, but funnily enough, they got rid of him because they wanted to play a more attacking style of football, and yeah. then they started off the first half of the season playing pretty much the same style of football, but uh, they have definitely turned it around a bit more, as yeah, I look, said there, in recent weeks. They're in seventh, right? 24 games played. Arsenal in sixth with 23 games played, two points ahead. But then you're looking at West Ham and United. West Ham are, are fifth, 26 games played. So Wolves have two games in hand, Arsenal have three. And they're like Arsenal are behind on goal difference. Wolves are only two points behind. So up between fourth and eighth, there's there's not much in it. Seven points. Eight? You know? Who's yeah. eight? Eight is Spurs. Oh, Spurs are in eight, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's, it's going to be very close. And like that, with Chelsea, as I said, winning, the sooner they can cement towards the better for them because there is going to be a good four teams, five teams just fighting now for one spot. So yeah. it's going to be going to be very tough. Now, obviously, See, on, on, on top of that, now, we're saying that Liverpool have game in hand on City and that's grand. If they lose that, they're still, and, and Chelsea keep winning, that means if, they, now Chelsea and Liverpool have the same amount of games played, but if they lose that and Chelsea win, that's down to four. Then City and Liverpool play each other. So that's yeah, down yeah. to, that's down to, the, the, the one of them has to win. So either Liverpool claw back City or City push Liverpool further away. If Chelsea keep winning, they're not a million miles they're out of the race. There's a lot, a lot yeah, of games left to play. No, I do. I do see a point and sure look, <laughs> who are we to say anything else? But I, 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 do, I, do, I don't think Chelsea are. are in, you, you hit you hit the nail on the head. I think by saying, in at the end of summary to keep their their fingertips on it, like yeah. they've just about they've got their fingernails on it. Probably, like, you know. But, but yeah, so not, um, not to bring up a, a painful past, but United being how many points ahead before City clawed them back and beat them on the last day of the season. No, comment. good few years ago now, but. Yeah, these things can happen. It was, uh, no, I know. Um, yeah, it was more the eleven sure. that, that it was with City and Liverpool a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So, no, it's the same. These and, things uh, can happen. Newcastle when United clawed them back. Kevin Keegan's famous rant. I would love it. You know, they were a fair few points ahead as well. So no, I know I do agree that it can happen, but obviously, and that's why we love football. Unlikely, exactly. But yeah, so. If you know, like obviously, I want United to get fourth. But if they weren't to get it, I'd actually love Wolves to get it. I know West Ham would be good as well. Yeah. It'd be good to see some Wolves good, are just a little bit out for me. I yeah. just love Wolves to get in, just because they were in the Championship only two years ago. Like yeah, and they're playing. You know, like I said at the start, of this, ago, sorry, I like watching them. They're they're cracking team to watch. They're just and and um. Podence, like you said, Podence, Neves, a low, they've some quality players that now look, a lot of them are Portuguese or Brazilian. It makes a lot of sense. They all speak the same language. You can come straight into the squad and, and everything's fine. And they'll all kind of, not, they speak the same language is probably the best way. But Pedro Neto being back again for Wolves was a big plus after, I think they yeah. said he was there for 10 months. So 10 months out he was, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, they're just, they're, they're solid, so. On a good run, see how, how long it lasts. Um, yeah, definitely. 
but Leicester again, as we keep touching on, just just not not what they were, not the team they were at all this season. Had a few injuries themselves today as well, um, and they weren't bad today. Wolves just were just better, <laughs> but, yeah. but Leicester weren't weren't terrible or anything like that. But no, they're just. <clears throat> I think in the in the Villa game they were quite unlucky, and I think similarly in this Leicester were were quite unlucky. The players that have stood up for them, Harvey Barnes, I think was was out injured with an eagle. Um, they're they're just Madison was another one didn't seem to perform as well. Thielemans was head and shoulders but everyone else on the pitch. Yeah, but they just they're better than eleventh in my opinion on paper yeah. and on the pitch. They're better than eleventh. Just results aren't going their way. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. Um, so we'll move on then to my final sixty second summary. Yeah, who are you with? Uh, Southampton and Everton. Right, whenever you're ready. Okay, so. Southampton and Everton, both teams should be high in confidence after good results last week. Everton beat Leeds 3-0 and Southampton followed up a good win against Spurs with a good performance against Old Trafford. Well, either Everton just didn't show up or they're just shite. I'd be inclined to lean towards the latter. Dominant Southampton performance and it was only a matter of time. Uh, it was only a matter of if, sorry, not when they'd score. They finally did break the deadlock on the 52nd minute. Shea Adams passes to Stuart Armstrong, who places a nice finish into Pickford's near post. Decent finish, but poor goalkeeping. Um, Everton failed to register a single shot on target in the whole game. If you don't hit the target, you're not going to score. And then it was game over, basically in the 84th minute, when Shane Long heads home from a nice cross from... Liveramento. It was Long's first touch of the game, and less than a minute after he came on as a sub, Shane Long's on fire. <laughs> Been a while since we heard that. <laughs> yeah. Similar to what we were saying again about Loris a couple of weeks ago, he was awful against City. Or sorry, not against City. Two or three weeks ago, he was he was horrendous. He caused two goals. It was Wolves. Sorry, you're right. It was Wolves. Yeah. Funny enough, I actually meant to say now to you say that he was actually. At fault for Gundogan's goal. Yeah. Um, and then he was actually quite good. So against Wolves, he was at fault for two goals, but then made two good saves that kind of kept him yeah. in it. He and was at fault against, against City, uh, but yeah. then made a few good saves to keep them in it. So he's, you know, but anyway. And that's a similar point I'm trying to bring up now about <laughs> Pickford. He he made a couple of good saves, but then was poor for for the long goal anyway. Yeah. He just, yeah, just... He's poor, he's poor for both I thought really um, as I said in, in the summary it was a good strike by Armstrong it was placed well but it was on Pickford's near side you should never be beaten near side yeah. you know unless the only way you can be beaten near side is if it's just complete power and it's just gone past before you can even get your hand near it like you know whereas yeah. there was no power in that like, like I think Everton are improving under Lampard but it's going to take more than a couple of games They they weren't good enough at all today against a Southampton team that have been performing quite well um, run by the like James Ward-Prowse how long has he been around and he's still running the show there like yeah. him and Romeo just it's a good yeah. midfield pair that, that run yeah is there any um, gels taken by Southampton oh yeah the, we were talking we were looking we were talking at during the week, yeah. between the 60 and 70 minutes Southampton players seem to go down injured now I didn't I didn't notice it in the game today, but they were they were one 0 up, and like they said, they they seem to. He said, uh, sorry, Hesenhutl said that they seem to lose energy for the last ten minutes. So they one player goes down, 
generally from what I hear, a player who's about to be subbed, making it look yeah. a bit more realistic. The rest of the team goes over and gets gels and water and fluids or whatever else on, and then they finish out strong. It's but it's probably a little are, shady. Are edible gels? Yeah. Just to be clear, yeah. So they're they're getting energy, energy boosters. From it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's probably shady. There's at at the minute, I don't think there's anything in the rules to say you can't do it. It's clever as hell if you're losing games or losing a three point yeah. game in the last five minutes when you can do something like that with 20 minutes to go and give your team a little bit of a boost yeah, it's like proper it. game I think, management I think it's yeah I think it's clever um, yeah. the only thing like the, the shady side of it is you know feigning an injury possibly you know or to to give you that break and play where you can go do it That that's yeah. probably the shady side of it but but it's, but it's no shady it's not on energy exactly you often, you often see them like they might have a quick sup of some Lucasade sport you know yeah. or I remember Ferdinand. Other, like, other drinks are available. We're not sponsored by anybody. We're not. <laughs> yeah, <there. Just> yeah. <laughs> but anybody that does want to sponsor us, uh, hit yeah, us up there on, what do we know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, th- I remember a couple of years ago, Ferdinand t- eating some Jaffa cakes in about the 70th minute of a game. You know, so it's, I think it's clever. I'm, I'm yeah. all for it. Look, there's nothing to say you can't do it. So you might as well use, we've been talking about uh, ambiguity in the laws and the grey areas. So, this is something that's not really hurting the team, whereas the the rules for the handball and the VAR implementation of it and stuff can hurt the team. Whereas this is just replenishing energy. It's yeah. I don't class them really as the same kind of shady area or grey area in the rules. No, good going. Fair play to them. And fair play to Housing Hootle for coming up, or whoever of his backroom staff that came up with it. It's, yeah. it. It's proper game management. It's a clever idea. And I think we're going to end with your beloved United, are we? Yeah, leave them, leave them to last. So, when we see how much time we have left, so I don't go on too much of a rant or anything like that, you know. Right. Well, you you fifty nine seconds for a rant, which is exactly how long it took them to get back for Leeds to get back level. So away you go. <laughs> yeah, no good game. In fairness, weather was crazy. It was like it was like watching or like playing watching a Sunday league game that we used to play in, you know, and the the goalkeeper spot is is a yeah. puddle and things like that. It was it was mad to see. Passing in volley twenty ahead. yards and just stopping dead. It was yeah, it was and nuts. You could like, see the the water splashing every time the the ball was played. I think if the they were obviously still suffering with the storm or the back end of the storm, I think if that bad weather had hit maybe two hours before the game, it actually might have been postponed. Yeah, because um, it was just it was mad. It was great to see though. <laughs> it was just like just, old school stuff. But. Just lucky Ellen Road has a, what seems to be a decent enough drainage system or underground yeah. heating or whatever it is they have because some of the clubs might not have that. The, the smaller clubs, the likes of Burnley's or Brighton's might not have that ability to be able to have a playable pitch with that kind of down, downpour yeah. before the game. No, definitely so. But yeah, it was a good game. Um, especially for the neutral, I'd say. But obviously United 2-0. Yeah, I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. United went 2-0 up with Maguire getting on the score sheet. Well, it's good for fucking nothing else. <laughs> yeah, but it was the 139 corners United have had this season yeah. and not scored from any of them. That There's a Twitter account dedicated to it. <laughs> yeah, and they have video footage of every single corner and just have the number <laughs> above it. It's absolutely it's hilarious. Ridiculous. But no better team to score um, from a corner against his leads because they, they're just not good at defending corners. So. No. But United so that, looked that in control in the first half. Other than Dan yeah, James yeah, causing yeah. a few problems down the wing, 
United didn't look out of the comfort zone at all. Lindelof yeah, had a cracker a, of a game in the first Lindelof half. Lindelof was very good, yeah. Going, going forward, bringing the yeah. ball out of defence very well. Um, and he had his part to play in the second goal then that just before half-time. But yeah, I thought they, they were deservedly to deserve to be 2-0 up at half-time. Yeah. And then even in, in order games this season where they've been 1-0 up and deservedly so at half-time, they've obviously come out the second half and kind of thrown it away, conceded straight away. Today, at 2-0, I thought, now nah, we'll be comfortable now. And what do they do? They go and see, concede two goals in 59 seconds, like you said. Yeah, and, and <laughs> madness. I don't think there was... I think the whole team just switched off. Sancho lost the ball, and while he, he... Fair enough, he chased back. He just didn't get there. And look, the first goal was a bit fortuitous. It really was. Ah, yeah. It yeah. wasn't a cross. It wasn't a shot, I don't think. It was a cross that just got away from a little oh, bit. Probably with the wet, cross. But Poor uh, positioning by the guy, but... But then if you look at it, Rodrigo had two great strikes last week and they hit the bar twice. Yeah. So that was that was unlucky. This today he had a bit of a luck, bit of luck bit hitting of luck, the cross, yeah. but it goes hits it wrong and it goes in over over the gate. And then Dan James, bit like Podens, turning defenders inside out, makes it to the end, and Luke Shaw was caught ball watching Luke Shaw wrong was side. Caught, caught ball watching again. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, Dan, Dan James doing well. Obviously, he had a bit of a point to prove. Um, well, he proved that he was he was he was good as as, as he was in the top two or three players for Leeds to the, yeah. at the weekend. I think he was he was impressive. He was he had he was inventive with his play as well. He didn't just give up and stop. He was chasing. He was hurrying. He was he was impressive enough. Yeah, no, he was decent. In fairness to him, I thought the ref was absolutely shite, and. That's like for both teams. That's not me saying. Oh, he was shy towards United, shy towards Leeds. But like, it just thought for both teams, he was just terrible. He was obviously the conditions were obviously hard for him as well. I understand that, but he was just there was a lot of decisions you could clearly see he was guessing. He 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 wasn't in the right position in himself. He was letting some things go, not letting others go. I mean, you know, if you're gonna let did, let did things Gary go, Neville say that to, at one point in the commentary, I think. Or whoever was commentating that I don't think the ref has seen what happened there. He's just reacting to the crowd's reaction. Yeah, yeah it was. It was attack. Wambasaka actually tackled. He got the ball. Yeah. But then Bielsa on the sideline and the crowd went mad. And he initially didn't give the free. And it was about probably five seconds later. Then he he gave it. And there was a few kind of moments like that where it looked like he wasn't given a free. And then he'd blow his whistle. Yeah. But like I said, it was on both sides. I didn't think any of his decisions made United like meant United end up winning the game unfairly or or vice versa or anything like that. He was just Yeah, with with conditions like that around. though with conditions like that, the how wet it was and the slick surface and like a slide tackle where you would go five yards and meet the player excuse me, meet the player head on, win the ball or, or not, you're sliding fifteen yards past them. So by the time you get yeah. to him it's your head or your shoulder or something. It's it's a dangerous enough kind of situation to be in as a tackler or as a player with the ball because what would normally happen in a situation is skewed completely now they're professionals they've, they've seen all this before they've seen good weather they've seen bad better, bad weather but it does make it more difficult to play more difficult to police more difficult to referee it everything just comes together I, I agree with you the ref didn't have a great game but I think given the circumstances and given the conditions he, he, he could have been a lot worse yeah I couldn't actually couldn't believe the amount of slide tackles there was. Yeah, with that way, like, yeah. You, you know, you're obviously a game like that. You're told like don't go to the ground unless you have yeah. to. Like, but there was 
McTominay was, was swimming where, for half of that second yeah, half. There was, there was loads of times where it was just a, an easy tackle to stay on your feet and there were, both teams just sliding in. It was like, it was probably like they were re, almost reliving a bit of childhood when you're playing schoolboy football and you're just messing around. Like yeah, they haven't, you slide us to see like, if oh, you can slide. Yeah. <laughs> it was mad. Like, uh, so, uh, good win, obviously, for United. A few of the lads that we know were actually over at the game. Um, Peter is a Leeds fan. Gaz is a United fan. Peter's dad with them as well. Brian, a Leeds fan. And then one of the other lads, Dan, was supposed to go. But unfortunately, got COVID just a few days beforehand. Oh, did you? I didn't know that. Oh, did you not? Yeah, he he was on the Wednesday. He he, he got it, yeah, so... um, Ah, look, couldn't happen to a nicer chap. Yeah, exactly. I I, I (laughs) I know, I feel bad for him. Best of luck in in, in your recovery there, Dan, but at the same time, he's a Liverpool fan, so he was taking the ticket to a, a big game like that where... Could have been a diehard Leeds fan or a diehard Man United fan that got it, and it was being taken up by a scouse bastard. So I hope the ticket went to someone that actually deserved it. But I hope you get well soon, Dan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, he'll be only delighted now. We'll probably be all over his Instagram that we mentioned him, so he doesn't care yeah, whether yeah. like all publicity is good publicity. So look, exactly. Yeah. Dan, could like I said, couldn't happen to a nicer fella. <laughs> but look back to the game. Um, I was probably among quite a few people who was not the happiest when Fred came on for Pogba since with the with the impact Pogba had been having and was made to eat my words not not yeah. long after. It was a strange one as in because I thought Fred was going to come on for McTominay because McTominay was running a tightrope. He was already yeah. booked and he was still getting stuck in to, to tackles that he shouldn't have been. So I, I thought it made sense to, to get him off the pitch and bring Fred on. But when I seen it was for Pogba, I was like, what? Because Pogba was playing well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that, Fred obviously went and got the, the goal to make it 3-2. So it I'm not going to lie, early, early on in the game, I saw Pogba and I was like, who's that? I had to look up. To, to, <laughs> I was like, it's, he had no luminous hair. I didn't know who it was. Yeah. yeah. But uh, from from the celebration of Fred's goal, it looked like Elanga, Anthony Elanga got hit with something coming out of the crowd yeah, now did, don't know yeah. what it was whether they, they, they mentioned coins or something on, on the commentary but it was it was nice then for him to come back and score the the, the icing the goal, goal I suppose yeah. um, he looks one to be to be reckoned with as well he's been impressive nearly every time I've seen him for United no he does he looks good I just hope he, he does kick on because obviously there's been plenty of players that Rashford obviously you good know start, being, yeah. yeah you know um even Greenwood, who obviously isn't playing now, but he, he started off well, but then kind of his performances weren't great either. And we, we just seem to kind of almost kill the the potential at the moment that, that these players have. So I hope he does kick on because he he definitely looks like a tidy player. We'll see again. Another we'll see, I suppose, another young lad coming through at United who they've, they've got some production line of attacking players, but like fair enough, Rashford is... is uh, Still there, less said about Greenwood with what's going on, the better I think. But yeah, the likes of Alanga, there's been a couple more over the last couple of years that are probably there, thereabouts to breaking in, and that maybe the signing of Ronaldo might be scuppering their their progression just a little bit because he's now taking up a first team spot, which would have been possibly theirs, and it would have been a bench spot rather than a starting spot. But it's just 
kind of the progression of, of United strikers is they have a, a conveyor belt coming through, but, but they just need to back it up long term. Yeah, we shall see. Anyway, good, uh, good win for United. They needed that. Um, with the they've got a lot of tough fixtures coming up. They've Wofford next week, but then they go into the run of playing City, Liverpool, Spurs, Arsenal. They played them all pretty much in March, so so they needed a win there, and they'll need a win next week to have any chance of the top four. Leeds still still a fair bit above the relegation zone at the moment, and I, I find it strange because. Well, I was only looking at the table, and I thought, I thought after that loss today, they'd be a bit not as far away as as not as big of a gap as they have now. They like I don't really remember them winning a lot of games this season. Jay, they're only five points out of relegation. No, but that's what I, mean. I thought they'd be a lot closer than that. I thought, I, like, I think they're probably. Yeah, I suppose. But I just look, I can't remember them winning. I, I honestly can't remember them winning much games, even drawing much games. Um, their their goal difference is horrendous, minus twenty one. So if they get down near there, they're in serious trouble. Um, Everton have a game in hand, and in Burnley trouble. have I'm two saying, in hand. So yeah, no, I just thought they would have been closer, closer position wise. Yeah. I know five points is still there, but I thought they actually were a lot lower than they are on the table. And like I said, I just can't remember them even going on a good run. You know. Um, yeah, see, this is this is the problem. Like I was saying, with the games played, yeah, you're right. They're they're only five points out of relegation. They've they're on, they're in fifteenth. Brentford are only a point ahead of them with two games more played. Palace are three points ahead with a game more played. Villa have the same played. So twelfth is where the same played with similar points. And Villa are only four points ahead. So until we get up to kind of. There's some teams that have three games in the difference. Some have two, some have one. Until we get to nearly everyone the same, and as we would usually have one or two teams, one game less played or one game more played, anything could really not, happen. Like it's not painting the full picture. Like, no, not yet. Know that anyway. Like, but um, but yeah, that's um, I think that's it then for episode fifteen. Um, fourteen. Fourteen. You're ahead of yourself, yourself again. There. Um. That's it for episode 25. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, let's hope we get that far. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we call it a day. Um, as usual, the socials there, What Do We Know podcast. I am on Facebook and Instagram. And then the five-star reviews, please, on the platforms you listen on. Um, there's a few of them games in hand that are being played during the week, so... We might have a better picture of what's going on in next week's episode. But that's it then for for today. So as we always say, what what do do we we know? know?